Hello, and welcome to the Missionary Disciple Podcast by Catholic Christian Outreach. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, equip, and challenge you, our listener, to be an active and effective evangelist. If you have any questions about evangelization, please email us at podcast at cco.ca, and we'll answer them in a future episode. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the Missionary Disciple Podcast. My name is Angèle Renier, and today I have with me Andre Renier, my husband, and Father Sean Wagner. And today we're going to be talking about the Triduum, which is maybe code word for something you don't know, the, the three days of the celebration of the Passion and Death and Resurrection of Jesus, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil. So I'm going to start it off with Father Sean just to explain to us like how this is one thing, actually, this triduum. The triduum. So I grew up Catholic and, and we attended certainly a lot of these events, but I, I never heard the word uh, triduum. Mm-hmm. So triduum is the three days that, that Angèle just mentioned. And one of the things that's really interesting about it that's a little different than any other celebration we have as Catholics is is how the, the three days are seen as, as one event. And so on Holy Thursday, the liturgy begins with the sign of the cross, mm-hmm. which of course we begin every liturgy with, but we don't start with the sign of the cross on Good Friday or at the Easter Vigil because they're seen as part of the same mm-hmm. celebration. And then there's only a final blessing at the end of the Easter Vigil. So it's as if the liturgy begins on Holy Thursday and doesn't end until the end of the Easter Vigil. So one great big event now, in some ways, you you might suggest that that Pentecost is a part of this same event, right? Because it's Jesus' death, his resurrection, but also the outpouring of his spirit. But what we want to talk about is the mm-hmm. three days that are Holy Thursday, Good Friday, mm-hmm. and the Easter Vigil. Yeah. yeah, and what we want to talk about is like how to enter into those things. As a missionary exactly. disciple, um, I'm sure we're going to go to those masses. Right. Well, they're maybe not masses, they're services. Friday is a service. Friday is a service because um, we don't do the Eucharist that same way. We just receive it. But anyway, being technical. But actually, we don't want to dive into the technical so much. We want to dive into the the how we live it out. How do we embrace those days? And um, I know you're chomping at the bit to say some things about that. No, you're not. Well, no, I'm listening to you. Ah, that's great. It seems like I'm chomping at the bit when I'm <laughs> watching you, but um, I'm just impressed with what you're saying. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll keep talking then. No, yes, okay. go ahead. Um, maybe like I know you were, we were hoping in this podcast to share things that we do as a family. You know, entering into those days, and um, like let's just start with Holy Thursday, where it begins. Because I think I think sometimes what happens is if you don't view it as a oneness, exactly, then you maybe pick if you go to what you might attend, and you mm. see the in between times as mm. just filler. And yeah, yeah, we're going to another mass, yeah. but it's actually meant to be this this fluid thing. So, I guess what I want to do is just like kick us off with Holy Thursday. Like, how do we enter into Holy Thursday, which mm-hmm. is really that? <laughs> it's kind of that key entrance point of of getting your mindset um, into the season. Well, I think I think it's important what you said about the oneness of it. I think it's part of the mindset of entering into Holy Thursday, like. We can't see, at least 
for for myself and what I really want our children to see, and and we talk about it all the time, is that what what is happening on Holy Thursday is the same thing that's kind of unfolding mm -hmm. on Holy Saturday. So when we enter in Holy Thursday, it's a three day vigil, like it's a mm. three day thing. So we we our mindset is this is a beginning. So we actually on mm -hmm. on supper um, Thursday night we actually have a hearty meal because we know we're entering into this vigil. Mm. So I, I think that's part of uh, you know the preparation mm -hmm. is what you do actually for supper is uh, we even is, call it the Last Supper in yeah. kind of a a silly kind yeah. of way, but it's like we're going to eat really well now because yeah. because we will actually do a, a modified kind of fast over those days until the end of the vigil. Mm -hmm. um, that that's how we approach it with with soup or bread or cheese, like something very very simple, because we're we're entering into a mourning time. Like that's mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. um, it's a grieving period mm -hmm. of what what Jesus is going through. So if I was grieving the loss of my grandmother, I, I wouldn't be shopping and eating chocolate bunnies, yeah. right? Like I'd be in a very somber kind of place mm -hmm. and eating very simply. But just going back to Holy Thursday, because, I mean, you play, it's kind of, as a priest, it's your, yeah. um, your evening. But kind of everyone knows um, that, well, probably the people watching this podcast would know that Holy Thursday is, is the Eucharist and the priesthood that right. are together. Um, and I think it's beautiful. But what I, to me, what, what really enters into the tritium is actually what happens after the one hour um, when after Holy Thursday after Holy Thursday the adoration being with Jesus for one hour. I mean, now you're kind of entering into that story right away. You're oh, he's in the garden. I'm gonna go spend an hour with him. To me, that's almost a highlight. It's, it is mm. for my daughter, actually. Mm. My youngest daughter, my 13 year old. Mm. What I would do is after mass, we'd go right to the front, and Jesus was, uh, you know, um, posed, uh, reposed. Um, but I would talk to her about what what we're, what's actually playing out here. Um, maybe talk a little bit. What is? Why do we do that? Why the one hour after? Like, why? Why would we kind of have that vigil? Um, or do you think it's important that? We don't just leave after Holy Thursday, but we actually stick around for an hour. So I think, you know, as you say, it's it's important to put that moment in its in its context, mm -hmm. and and not even just its liturgical context, but like you say, the, the like the story of mm -hmm. Jesus. Because what we want to do is we want to enter in with Jesus, exactly. enter into the things that He Himself is going through. And so I, I think it's possible that after um, Holy Thursday, when we have that time of adoration from the end of the liturgy up until midnight, you could take that like any other time where you spend a little time in front of the Blessed Sacrament and spend a little bit of time in front of the tabernacle. But as, as you've alluded to, mm -hmm. no, what, what we're supposed to be considering is what would it have been like for Jesus to be mm -hmm. thinking about what was coming next, right? What was going through his mind and what was going through his mm -hmm. heart. And and again, not just because Jesus went through it, but because like there's always going to be moments like that in my life where there's something coming up that I'm anticipating that's that's going to be hard, that's going to be difficult, that's going to be painful. And 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 how did Jesus deal with that? As as I draw near to him as he's going through that, then in the future I can expect that he's going to draw near to me 
when I'm going through something similar, or I'm, yeah. I'm facing something similar. So like what the church is really calling us to throughout these days, and in some ways you, you, you see a hint of it at, um, at Palm Sunday, is we're really called to participate in these events, mm-hmm. right? We're not just commemorating them. We're not just remembering exactly. them. That's key. We're not even just sort of watching it unfold like uh, a story All that right. they told before movies were invented. We're not watching it. We're we're entering yeah. in. We're participating, and 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 it's amazing that that God is inviting us. Jesus is inviting us to come with Him, be with Him, participate with Him, go through this with Him, and not because He wants us to suffer with Him so much mm-hmm. as He wants us to experience. All of the grace and all of the life that's going to flow as a result yeah. of these events. A key thing you said is we enter into like what happened in the past is made present to us in a real way. You know, like we're kind of there with him. Mm-hmm. And so on Thursday, what I would do depends, you know, we have five children. I bring, for example, the three oldest children uh, with me to vigil because they're ready at the, Easter, uh, the Thursday um, mass at the beginning of the vigil. And we'd stick around one hour after. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what was really interesting is that it was almost like it was a rite of passage for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm now because mm-hmm. I used to go by myself, and Angèle would stay home with the uh, with the kids when they were younger, and she would do. Well, why don't you share a little bit about what you did while I was really at the church and you Yeah, when you were really being spiritual, I was, yeah, I'd keep the youngest home and we would do kind of Montessori style, like we would act out the story of the Last Supper. So we would do grape juice and pita bread and we would act it out, we'd act out the washing of the feet, which they absolutely loved. And they loved being Jesus to wash my feet more than getting their feet washed. And it it was a highlight for them. We'd read the Bible story. We'd pray, I'd tuck them into bed, and then I would have my prayer, um, imagining myself in the garden. Um, sometimes we would even trade off, like once he came home, sometimes I'd go back, depending. Mm-hmm. When we were living in Saskatoon, we did that. And it was, uh, yeah, that rite of passage when when each of them was like, okay, I'm big enough to go spend the hour with Jesus at church. Like mm, that was, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, that was really important I, to them. I think, I think a key to this is it's a great mystery, you know, but, but it's entering into something that is quite— um, I don't know what the word would be. Like it, it's it's palatable. It's real. It's mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really reaches us where we're at. It's the story becomes that much more real. But we actually have to kind of position ourselves for the three days. Yeah, I, I think that's key. I think yeah. it okay. really is key. Yeah, is Thursday night okay? I'm going to do Thursday night and then maybe do some fasting on Friday, but I can't wait till Saturday. You know. Uh, so I can just go shopping or whatever. No, I think we actually say, okay, now we're entering in. And my, my, all my children understand that now. And they have a, a, a it's, they, they approach the, the tritium with a great um, sense of this is a holy time. Mm-hmm. And let's enter into it as that. So that means that what happens Thursday night is re- we're now entering into it. We're making present what Jesus went through. So being with him, like when he was struggling, like you said, I really like the way you described it, is that, you know, what he what he was going through, what he was thinking about because of what was about to happen. Um, being there is is like it's made present now, the story. And, and anyway, I'm, I'm just surprised how how my children are fascinated by that 
because they see it as more than, okay, we're just going to mass and then, oh, tomorrow's Good Friday, we'll do it, we'll try to be spiritual. No, we're now stepping into something. Well, I think if people knew how to enter into those moments, they would. Mm -hmm. Because when I explain to people, this is how we approach it, they're always um, amazed and attracted because we don't want to actually be phony and we don't want, just want to go to a service and do our time and get out, actually. We, we actually want it to make sense. We want it to, to move us. And so I think that's why the kids have always loved it. And they understand the, the oneness of those days hmm. and that that last supper we're eating is actually the last full supper we're going to have for the next three days. And this is serious. We're, we're applying ourselves. Hmm. And I also think this is... Father, like, would this not be a, a Jewish perspective to enter in to the scene as if it's present today, right? That would be the essence of the Passover. It, it, it is the essence of the Passover. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was in seminary, we wanted a fancy word for this, right? But Andre already kind of used the term that, like, these things are made present to us. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one of the things that happens at the Passover is the youngest turns to the father and says to the father, why is this night different than any other night? And then the father begins to tell the story because on this night, and and he tells the sort of the Exodus mm-hmm. and the Passover story. So again, if if you uh, make the effort to go to the Easter vigil and don't simply say, no, I'll go to Easter Sunday Mass, you know, and, and you never attend the vigil... One of the things you might miss is at the beginning of the Easter vigil, there's the, um, the what we call the service of light, right? We come in with the candles, the Easter candle is lit, and then the priest or somebody begins to sing uh, a hymn called the Exalted. And one of the things that happens in that in that hymn is over and over again, it says, this is the night. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, the, the night. Is this right is the night. And so it's actually, it's actually picking up on mm. that dialogue from the Passover Mm -hmm. and says that right here, right now, we are present to and participating in these events. And and so, you know, as Andre said, and as you guys are describing, positioning ourselves, being being ready. So, I mean, I I think it's amazing that that you've always treated these days as, as sort of one event. And we don't simply sort of fit in, we're going to fit in Holy Thursday, we're going to fit in, um, you know, the service on Friday, and and everything else is going to be as normal. So you must do something to prepare. So like yeah. you say, not to be not to be shopping, do you do other things? Like do you avoid um, kind of media? and? Yeah, all of that. Well, well, well we it... do. Like, okay, so basically, again, when we start Holy Thursday, you know, uh, there's no more, um, you know, phones and and television and, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of meals. We don't eat a lot in those three days. But what we do the next morning, I think, is <clears throat> if it is a holy, um, existential, made present, um, mm-hmm. the, the highlight of our salvation, mm-hmm. um, we should meet that with, with anticipation and... Um, entering into it. So the next morning, what we'll do is we all wake up, you know, somber, hungry. Um, but, but what we encourage and, and we, and our children saw us do this when we were young. They were young. But, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, we were too. <laughs> we were, okay, sorry, they were young. I forgot. <laughs> Angers and I would pray, but we pray kind of not hidden. We 
pray very public. I mean, we have some psalm prayer. We usually do the liturgy of the hours of the readings of that day, you know, the the homilies of that day, you know. And so again, the children, you know, as they got older, they were really excited about entering into that moment of in the morning, we would just pray, all be silent and wherever we are and take out um, that great, uh, the great homilies that were in the liturgy of the hours that speak of what was going on at that time and present to us. And so it became very, the house is quiet. Mm. We knew what was going on because last night we had, we had seen it, we experienced it, and now we're just sitting and waiting for, you know, Jesus uh, to go to the cross. And um, But we would just allow the story to become real to us. Mm. Well, what would happen after that in the last couple of years? Discussion would happen in the family. We'd be all kind of sitting around because we've all prayed around the same time. You know, we've woken up, we've spent our, on hour of reflection because we are, it's a very somber day, you know, and then we talk about what it means to us, what, what the Lord was speaking to us in that prayer time. Mm. And it became, it, it even became that much more real because we were all kind of talking about how it was impacting us right now. Mm. So mm. I think having, again, you know, that, that prayer time, the, the, uh, Good Friday is extremely important. Mm. Waking up, mm. it's not a time to sleep in, it's a time to wake up and just just allow the story to become real, present, because it's 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 unfolding and we're, we have the privilege to kind of enter into that, you know. Um, yeah, and enter, entering into it with this sense of, we speak of a relationship with Jesus or friendship with Jesus. So if my friend is struggling in the garden and my friend is walking to his death unjustly. Like I, I need to walk with him. I need to, mm. to sit and be in that space with him and imagine myself uh, being invited to, to come alongside. And, and that um, is consoling the heart of Jesus. If I'm, I'm with him and I see what my friend is going through, um, that's the kind of friendship you want when you're in a struggle, someone who'll be with you in it. So that's part of that, that those prayer times across the way is, is imagining what's happening, what would have been happening at that time putting myself present. And that's also Ignatian prayer too, of using the imagination mm. to be to be there. Yeah. And then there's more that we would do too. Like we would, because um, there's always kids involved so that, you know, that's its own dynamic of, of keeping kids busy. But there'd be a lot of preparation done ahead of time with uh, coloring sheets or um, little Easter movies for kids. Uh, we would watch maybe Jesus of Nazareth. Um, we mm. would watch The Passion, maybe even Thursday night after coming home from the hour mm. of prayer, um, just so the kids don't watch us watching it. Um, but there'd be those things to just kind of put our reflection on on the life of Jesus um, when we're not in our, you know, prayer time proper. Mm-hmm. And and that goes through all the way to, to Saturday. Saturday lunch is when things start to change for us. Okay. Because we're we're... We're starting to ramp up. I think, I think, I think, you know, okay. So I think we, and you could uh, jump in here, but I think we, we Catholics generally have Good Friday down. Like we all kind of know we have to fast that day, pray that day, go to mass that day. And it's solemn day. Although some people go, uh, actually, I'm not going to make any judgment of what some people do. Well, not everybody approaches it in that way. No, no, no. As soon as, as soon as the service is over, we're going for fish and chips. Yeah. Just hanging on. Uh, actually, yeah. for us, after the mass is, uh, sorry, after the service is done on Good Friday, we're coming home and we're, we've now, oh, he's dead. 
Mm. That that's this is a this is extremely important time to enter in because if he's dead, this isn't okay. We've done that. Now let's wait until the Easter Vigil. No, you know the, our our salvation is being won right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, let's match the intensity. Yeah. Um, and but so, we lived that way too. Like w- w- before, we had our teachings from our lay formation program in Saskatoon. Like we would have done what everybody else does: is go out for food after Friday. Like it's done. Like we just did Good Friday, so now let's go get food. Let's go to the mall. Let's buy some. You know, Easter usually not on Good Friday. But do some. Yeah. No, but after like yeah. we we might have like I have to go run some errands Saturday for sure as a in between day. Like get things done, go shopping go see the Easter bunny at the mall. Like those things happen. But when we had our teaching at Italy formation, we were like, oh my goodness, like this Saturday is not in between day waiting for Sunday. Saturday is a, is a day of maybe even mourning or confusion. Hmm. Or on the other side, when we read the liturgy of the hours, we read the office of the readings. It's this story of victory. It's like Gandalf falling through Moria, you know, fighting the Balrog and, and defeating, crushing, sin and death and Satan forever, forever, forever in those days, freeing the people. So I would, I would say, and, you know, uh, give us a little bit of, of, of kind of perspective of what's happening on on Holy Saturday. I think, I think that's, you know, it's, it's not just quiet, it's quiet on the earth, but underneath, meaning what's happening spiritually, how many souls are being released on Holy, on Holy Saturday um, is an exciting adventure is happening. Jesus is dead, but he's not silent under the earth. Maybe talk a little bit about what's happening. Yeah, tell us about Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday. I, I just, I, I just think it's amazing uh, the way your family has has learned to live this out. Um, so you know, we talk about fasting as as Catholics, right? And and I think in in general, maybe have some idea that it's important. But if fasting is important at all, then the most important fast would be the fast on Good Friday, mm-hmm. right? If, if, if it means anything, of all of the days, maybe we would hope to, to fast well, you know, to enter into that self-denial and to join Jesus, that, you know, we should mm-hmm. make a special effort on, on, on Friday. And, and again, not just, you know, as soon as the service mm-hmm. is over, say, oh, okay, now we get a breather. Mm-hmm. But Saturday, yeah, Saturday is, um, it's a really, it's an amazing day um, because as the story is unfolding, Jesus is now lifeless, mm-hmm. right? He's lying, he's lying lifeless in the tomb. And the apostles and disciples don't yet know what's next. So what would that have been like? What would yeah, have been exactly. like to sort of to have all of your hopes and mm-hmm. all of your dreams and all of your aspirations suddenly come crashing to the earth and you now have no idea what's next? And you're just, you know, yeah. it's that feeling. You're just, you're lost. Mm-hmm. You know, you said confused. And and so, you know, again, if um, if being silent, if, if being still is is something we need to nurture as missionary disciples— then of all those days, mm-hmm. Saturday should be the day that we struggle with that, that, that silence, that stillness. But yeah, as you're alluding to, what the disciples didn't know, didn't see at that point was what was going on, what Jesus was doing in terms of going into the place of the dead and claiming from there 
all of those souls that God had always loved, that God had always desired to redeem, and to begin to to kind of lift them up and and bring them mm-hmm. bring them into heaven. And so there's mm-hmm. this, yeah, there's this cosmic war oh, being yes. fought, but on the on the surface, on the experiential mm-hmm. level, we're not seeing it, we're not hearing it, yeah. we're not feeling it, and so. I mean, that teaches us a, a certain kind of virtue all by itself, right? Yeah. I'm here. I am. I'm hungry. I'm lonely. I'm confused. I don't understand. And yet, God is doing the most amazing thing that God has ever done, mm-hmm. like, right? Well, I'm in that yeah. that space. Yeah. So it, it is yeah. a very powerful. Time. Yeah, holy. I mean, uh, <clears throat> Saturday. Again, we do the same thing we did on Sunday. I mean, on Friday, getting the days wrong here. On Saturday, what we do is we wake up. Same thing. Mm. It's it's a little bit looser on and fast. I mean, we might have a cup of coffee. Sure. You know? um, and, but we have, we all kind of just sit around and pray for one hour. We just have our scriptures out. Uh, we we would read as a family that, that great homily, about, you know, how Jesus goes in and releases. I just almost brings emotions upon me is, is you know, the releasing of Adam and, and Eve from, from prison. Um, and how Adam just cries out and sees, you know, the Redeemer coming. Um, and so we just enter into that moment, and then we, again, share kind of what God is saying. And again, it just it brings the significance of Saturday to, to, the, uh, to, the, to our minds mm-hmm. that this is the day, if you think about it, this is a day of our salvation, <laughs> This is the day where we are actually, you know, he's doing the work of kind of releasing us. Mm-hmm. And so I do not want that to pass me by. I mean, as missionary disciples, we're all about proclaiming Jesus. Well, this is our day to settle down and just enter and make the past the present, you know, like what happened in the past present. So it's it's really, to me, Saturday morning, it's almost like, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're getting out here, you know, like this is, this is, we're on our way, mm. you know, mm-hmm. being set free. Mm-hmm. But Angel, you were talking a little bit about, we kind of, in the afternoon, we not lighten up, but we start kind of preparing. Well, we know we're ramping up to the vigil and some things have to be prepared right. practically right. Sure. in the home. Sure. And so after lunch, that's when the let's get ready for the vigil starts, which includes like decorating our eggs for the next morning and, um, getting all the showers and baths and people doing their hair and whatever, because I mean, vigils actually don't start very late. They're usually in eight o'clock or sometimes they can be even earlier. So yeah, that, that process, you know, begins. And the reason why it's a process is that we want to celebrate Easter well, Mm. Mm. because we've entered in, we know the significance of what this means. So this is actually far more powerful than Christmas. This is yes. so. If Christmas has that much emphasis on preparation and the celebration, we try to do a, a great celebration of Easter. I love Christmas. Don't don't. Yeah, we Christmas. love Christmas. I okay. don't think we celebrate as well. We celebrate Christmas, but we try to do that for Easter. So when we're heading out the door, you know, there's a few things that are being decorated, or maybe there's one person with a baby that's home decorating. But what we want to have come coming home. Um, and, and that whole celebration at, at Mass is there's an anticipation and joy of um, the victorious Savior, mm-hmm. of the light breaking through the darkness. Mm. And we, we love it. 
and we love coming home and we just pig out. Like it's just, there's so much food. But it's in, it's not just kind of, okay, I've done my fast, I can eat. No. It's actually, we we put into the psyche of our children, but it should be in the psyche of all, Christ, uh, all Christians, is that Christ is risen from the dead. Let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's really mm-hmm. enter into this. So, you know, I think, you know, doing the eggs and doing our hair and doing all those things, uh, now I think about it, it really is what we're doing is we're preparing for that evening. So it's not just, okay, we got to take care of all this stuff, but we've kind of set up and now the preparing the eggs, preparing our hair is in context of what what is ha- what's happened over the last three days. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we – so I'm just – it's actually very um, – um, incarnational <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and it's it, it's relevant that we're preparing now but everyone there is an anticipation in the house mm-hmm. it's kind of like we're lightening up a little bit you know and you know you can hear the kind of the rumblings of you know oh at home yeah yeah, you yeah can I hear thought the you rum- at the parish but yeah. at the parish too there's that anticipation um, in that celebration because yeah. to make a decision to come to a Saturday three hour mass in the evening is going to pull generally the very dedicated people who <laughs> genuinely want to celebrate the Triduum and celebrate Christ's resurrection in a significant way. So there is an anticipation in the church. Uh, Father Sean, have you ever sang the Exalted? I mean, mm. I yeah. love singing. The oh, Exalted. I would love to hear you. Oh, yeah. please. I, I think maybe you could sing it right now. For I, us, but um, I've done it. I've done it many times. Yeah. I, I love singing it. Mm. Um, I just want to hear it. it. Like, it's just so powerful, that exalted, because it's such, I mean, it's beautiful yeah. prayer. But So so what, one of the things that's really, uh, <clears throat> really interesting about it is we do some of the same things around the exalted that we do when the priest proclaims the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, so there's actually incense, and at one point he says, the Lord be with you, and the yeah. congregation responds, and with your spirit. Because the church believes that it is actually a proclamation of the gospel. Mm. This is the proclamation of the truth that, you know, Jesus— That's why I love it so much. Right? Jesus is risen. And and it has all of that language of of the victory and what he's done and what he's overcome and what Mm. has been destroyed and and what is— what is new now, and and so it is. It's 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 very exciting to to make that first proclamation, which is why wow, light goes on at that point, mm. right? When I uh, a few years ago, we used to wait to turn the lights on for the Gloria to come, and mm. everyone said, "I like that better." Well, okay, but the reason that the lights go on at the proclamation of the exalted is because that's the first proclamation mm-hmm. of the resurrection, the first proclamation of the, the victory of Christ. And so mm-hmm. the church, you know, the lights the lights come on. and That's why they have the candle during the, uh, a lot of parishes that have uh, a light um, during the exalted or holding a candle. Um, oh, everybody's got their little candle. Yeah, tape. but I yeah. love uh, the fact that you said that it was the first proclamation, uh, again, sends shivers down my spine because, and I, I love it even that much more because it's really the first proclamation. Absolutely. But can you can you imagine if we as the church started Holy Thursday and prepared and entered into the moment, that exalted now becomes the highlight. It, it, uh, we're all waiting for that proclamation to happen. You know, and 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 so everyone just anticipating, you know, um, anticipating that moment where, you know, 
the message of what Jesus has done, accomplished, is now being proclaimed, um, it would mean something even that much more if I've kind of went through, you know, shared the whole story. Yeah. And with that, actually, I think I'll, I'll, I'll land our conversation. Yeah. We've, um, we've gone around it and we've talked for actually quite a while, but that's um, a really good way to summarize it. And that was the essence of why we wanted to do this podcast was to say, like, if you could have our missionary disciples really understand the Chirtuam, enter into it from the first moments of Holy Thursday to the, the glory of the vigil. Um, what a great proclamation of the gospel, the, the saving message, the, the saving work that Jesus Christ did for us. That's your celebration as missionary disciples, the Chirtuam. So enter in, enjoy it, embrace it, and um, console Jesus' heart and console your own by being so active and so engaged in the Chirtuam. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, comments, queries, quandaries, conundrums, or otherwise, please email us at podcast at cco.ca. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us and subscribe. Share us with your friends. Until next time, God bless.